1: Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today.
2: He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like.
3: <laughs> you yell back at your radio. What are you talking
2: What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now, he gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's midday madness on the fan.
4: With Steve Sparky Pfeiffer.
2: Welcome in, Sparky's Midday Madness. Steve Sparky Pfeiffer with you. Thanks for uh, tuning in. Rami Show coming up uh, from 3 to 6. I've uh, did my best for four hours to shut my mouth and uh, not lose my mind about the Milwaukee Bucks while we were on the statewide network doing the Wendy's Big Show. Did my best. Ty, keep it all under wraps, not lose my cool. While doing it. Well though, that, that's all done now. Now that's done. Now it's you and me and the rest of Southeastern Wisconsin, and we're going to talk about this Bucks basketball team. I give you a phone number. I don't really have a question. I'm just going to go off. And if y'all want to get in, feel free to get in. 414-799-1250, 414 799 1250 You probably have the number if you've been uh, listening for a while, but there it is in case you're a new listener. Milwaukee Bucks. They won the first game against the Philadelphia 76ers on Thursday night, 124-117. Friday, we came on the air on Wendy's Big Show. And I just simply said, I, I'm not really taking much away from that. Bucks shot out of their mind. Uh, and realistically, that's not going to happen, you know, four or five times uh, in a series. It's just probably not going to happen. Could it? Sure. Probability of it, probably not all that great, right? Everybody was hitting shot great. Either way, it doesn't matter how you win. You're trying to get to that one seed now, or at least I've changed my mind on that. We've talked about that. Now I think that one seed is very important as we've talked about for the last couple of weeks. So win's a win. Happy to get the win. Let's move on. Now in that game, Joel Embiid did play. Tobias Harris did play. So then Friday comes and no game Friday night. Fine. Then Saturday's an afternoon game. So Saturday afternoon, I'm I'm watching my kid play baseball over at the Rock and Franklin, and I've got my buddy Peanut Gallery who was with me. Uh, he's got it up on his phone, and we were kind of watching it on the phone or whatever, and then kind of watched it when I got home. And it was a game about two and a half quarters or so, and then the Bucks pulled away. Bucks bench threw up over seventy points. Huge day for the bench. But no, a Joel Embiid, no Ben Simmons. Is that really an indicator of how these two teams match up? I don't think it is. I don't. We had Craig Kishan on earlier on the Big Show, hour two of the Big Show. If you missed any of that, go to BigShowNetwork.com. You will be able to listen to the Craig Kishan interview back. He said he thinks they can beat Philly in this series. I say I don't know. I, I don't know because we haven't seen them really truly match up with all weapons on hand. Bucks fully loaded. Philly, both games, not fully loaded. But the Bucks win 132-94 on Saturday afternoon. Again, not really a true indication. Then last night, I'm like, okay, I'm going to watch this Bucks hawks game and let's see what it looks like. No Trey Young for Atlanta. So in my mind, I'm thinking, well. I mean, this might be a runaway and hide game for the Bucs. Runaway, hide, and it's 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 over, right? I don't know if Atlanta has enough firepower to stay with this Bucks basketball team. Listen, I, I'm trying to take deep breaths so I don't start screaming too early in the show and lose my voice by three o'clock. They were up for a good portion of that game. And never at any point And I think to myself, yeah, they're winning. Never at any point, up 10, up 12, never, never not once. As it went further and further in the game, at one point, I literally tweeted out from at Sparky Radio and said, if they're not careful, they're going to go lose this game. They being the box. Then Dan Plucker, I believe, got the highlight of Marcus Johnson uh, late in that game, right, Pluck? You, you got that highlight uh, about the four-minute mark or whatever it is? Yeah,
3: I did not get it. Unfortunately, the game was not recorded last night here in the studio, so
2: I was not able to pull that. This yes, happens when there's no post-game show. We don't have anybody recording the Bucks game, so that's a uh, fault of ours. We apologize. So I thought we were going to have that highlight either way. Uh, but Marcus Johnson, this dude literally said that, okay, it's like last three, four minutes of the game. Four minutes. It was like four ten left in the fourth quarter. And pretty much said, All right, let's see let's see how, you know, this team plays under pressure. Guys, the Bucs didn't look like they knew what they were doing playing under pressure. If you switched jerseys and said that the Hawks were the team with all the playoff experience, the Hawks were the team that had been to the conference championship a couple years ago, the Hawks were the team that were in the playoffs last year and got bounced in the second round or whatever, and then watched the last few minutes, you would have said, nah, it makes sense. They look like the more composed team. They look like the team that had a plan and was organized of what they were trying to do. The Milwaukee Bucks? Nope. And Chris Middleton had a big turnover. Giannis going baseline, throwing it to nobody. He had a big turnover. and They hit a shot at the other end. It wasn't just one guy. It was multiple guys. And then on Twitter, as they're melting down and losing the basketball game, then I see Bucks apologists coming out of the woodwork. Then I see, well, it's a uh, second game of a back-to-back. Atlanta's rested. That's the problem. Hey, see, now if the Bucs were fully rested, they wouldn't be melting down in end-of-game situations. Stop. Just stop. One has nothing to do with the other. If this was a game where Giannis's minutes were decreased, Middleton's, and they were trying to rest them or whatever, okay, fine, maybe I'll get down with that. That's not what this was. That was a physical basketball game. That's what it was. Gallinari has got to be just battered and bruised this morning after that game. Battered and bruised. Because they were pounding on Gallinari in the second half of that game. And Capella, for as much money as he makes, he's not worth it. He is not worth the money he is getting paid. Throughout that basketball game you saw the Bucks missing bunny shots missing layups shots all around the rim all players not just one guy or two guys a bunch of players and I'm supposed to believe that this team's going to win an NBA championship and I'm supposed to believe That they're going to beat Miami or Boston. Then they're going to beat Philly. Then they're going to beat Durant, Harden, and Kyrie. Heck, let's say Harden doesn't even play again. Then they're going to beat Durant and Kyrie. Then, after that, they're going to beat LeBron and Anthony Davis. How? How? How are you going to win those games when your closing five features Pat Connaughton and Dante DiVincenzo on the floor at the same time? I don't see it, guys. I'm sorry. I don't see it. I sat there on my couch. I did not angry tweet. I didn't go off on Twitter. I stayed out of the fray, retweeted a couple of people. That was about it. And I figured, well, I'm going to go to sleep. I'm going to feel better about this team when I wake up in the morning. I'm just in the moment. Like if I was doing a post-game show, I'm just in the moment. I'll calm down. I'll feel better. Well, I went to sleep. I even went to bed early. I was sleeping by like 10 o'clock, 10.30, something like that, whatever it was, I think. Done. Still seething. Still angry. I, I, the, this is my question. Okay? Here's the question. Nice and simple. I All I want is this from from you Bucks fans. I want you to tell me if you think they win an NBA championship this year. Simple, right? Yes or no? Better yet, I want you to tell me why you think they will or won't win an NBA championship this year. That's what I want to know. Again, I'm the guy that said regular season doesn't matter at the beginning of the year. Don't get all worked up and into a a, a tizzy over a regular season game. It doesn't matter. I've seen enough. I have. I've seen enough. This Charlotte game, doesn't matter. This Houston game, doesn't matter. Chicago after that, doesn't matter. None of those games matter. Brooklyn, we'll see what they do against Brooklyn. You'll have my attention. Washington after that is red hot right now. They won eight, nine, 10 games in a row, whatever it is. They're red hot and coming. But again, that should not be a team you get concerned about. Then it's Houston, don't matter. San Antonio, don't matter. Orlando, doesn't matter. Indiana, no. Miami, by that time, City may be wrapped up. Who knows? Could matter as far as if you play them or not in the first round. And then at the Bulls, that doesn't matter. Tell me, Bucks fans, what I'm missing. You tell me how they're going to get this done in the playoffs. You tell me why I'm wrong. Jordan Wara. Just continues to play at a high level every time they put this kid into a game. Yet, never got on the floor in that game yesterday. Never touched the floor. Because of Pat Connaughton and Dante DiVincenzo, Jordan Juarez not going to get any run? What? Why? Why not now see if he can run with th- with these guys and see if he can make a, 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 make this team better? Clear as day, he's a better shooter than these two. That's crystal clear. Play him. I know people don't like rookies and don't like putting guys in the playoffs that are rookies. Play Jordan Wara. I've seen enough of the other two. I have. And DiVincenzo, I've been playing well earlier in the season. He had been. Not not that way lately. Pat Connaughton, been saying it for a while. Don't belong on the floor in crunch time. You want to give your guy some minutes in the second and third quarter, you go right ahead. When that fourth quarter starts, he should be watching along with the fans. That's it. That's where he should be. And he should stay there and watch for the rest of the game. I'm just, I'm beyond frustrated. You have a a two-time MVP. Last year. Was beyond ridiculous that you lose to Miami in the second round. And now you're sitting in a situation with this current roster, and I'm not feeling any better. Giannis looked good, good last night, though, right? He looked really good in threes, in mid range jumpers. Giannis played really well last night. I didn't really have a much of a problem. He had a turnover at the end, but most part Giannis played all right last night. No issue with Giannis. My problem is with what they have on that floor from a surrounding cast standpoint, it's not good enough. Bryn Forbes, yuck. Yuck. He's streaky is what he is. And when he's cold, he's ice cold. And then he does you no good. This is my plan for Bryn Forbes. Bryn, go out there. Miss, miss, miss. You're done. Go sit down. You don't need to go back in the game. You're done. He goes in there, hits a first couple. All right, we got good Bryn Forbes tonight. We'll let you play a little bit longer. Four one four seven nine nine twelve fifty. I'm not done, but done enough for now so that some other people can talk other than me for this whole hour show. Let's go to Vern in the dump truck. Uh, you're next on Sparky's Midday Madness. What's going on, Vern?
5: What's oh, going on, oh, Sparky the General? One of your soldiers here, buddy.
2: I like you it, man. What's up Vern? up,
5: Vern? You know, out the gate before the NBA season even started, when they didn't go get a backup center, or someone that was capable of coming in here and starting and taking low pence and I said, right there, there and there, they're not going to go to the championship game and they're not going to win the conference. He'll sit there and let, I think his name was Navari or Navari.
2: Tony Wara. Yeah. He'll
5: yep, let that guy sit there. And that guy is some help for you on that thing, to shoot that three. When they were down by... Two or three points when they when, when when they first, when Atlanta first come back, that's where they should have put him in there. That's where they should have at least saw what he could really do, along with the guard that was in there. Shoot, you hey, listen, this Bulldogs, man, he just, he messes up the rotation every single time. And you got your big men, they need to be down low, Giannis, Along with uh, 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 Lopez, they need to be down low, and they should. They need, and I've said this ever since Jason Kidd started. You cannot have Giannis bring up the ball as much as he does. It has to go into the hands of a point guard. That's what the point guard gets paid for. He's the floor general. They need to stop that. Giannis is he radical when it comes down to uh, dribbling the ball up the court. He forces too much every single time. That's got to stop. In order for them to go to the next level, it's got to stop. Now, I, I do love the fact that they uh, they allow uh, porters to come in there and do his thing. I love saying that. But I'm with you, Sparky. Connaughton, got to sit down, man. He's and you got to sit down.
2: And you don't think they're going to win a championship?
5: No, of course not. Nope. But Sparky, listen, you heard it from me. They're not going to even make it to the championship series. They're not going to get past the second round okay. again.
6: Uh, again, again,
5: yep. because they don't. The, the, the problem with this organization, from from the from the time of, of its existence, they don't get a person in there and let them be, be the general manager that they should be. They don't get the right person, and then when they do, they mess it up. And they, they, like, Wayne, if you go back and look at Wayne Embry. When he became general manager, how long did he last? One season. One season. That was it. He had an idea, and they wouldn't even let that idea come into fruition. So you got to look at this organization, go back, and look at all the general managers that they had and the moves that they made, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Well,
2: again, but the, the only difference here, Vern, is that it's a little bit different because Cole was the owner, uh, and now you have these guys. But with that being said, this is a jacked-up situation because you have a different guy taking control of the organization every five years with the deciding vote as the governor of the organization. So while Eden's yeah, guy right. was Boonholzer, they couldn't agree on a GM, so they settled for Horst. Now you're in a situation where now you have Lazary in charge, and we don't know how much patience Lazary's going to have with Boonholzer when that really wasn't his hire to begin with. He he wanted Messina, so we'll see. I don't know. It's, it's,
5: it's, it's, it's chaos, man. They need, that stuff needs to stop. Organizations are not ran that way. The good organization—they got one guy in charge. Right, that's calling all the shots. Yep, and that's it. That's uh, all you need. You don't need one man with with, with, with two or three hacks. like with Don Nelson. You need one a general manager and a coach. Let the coach do his job and the general manager do his. Guys have a good. Fern, I'm that's with you.
2: You betcha. Take care. There he is, Fern in the dump truck. One of my favorites. Uh, so tell me, tell me, Bucks fans. I think. Do you think they're going to win an NBA championship? Just, just tell me. I want to know, who out there is the box optimist that says they're going to win this whole thing? And here's why, Sparky. This is why they're going to beat Miami or Boston. This is why they're going to beat Philly. This is why they're going to beat Brooklyn. And then this is why they're going to beat the Lakers. Tell me. Tell me why this is going to go down this way. And if you don't think that, tell me why they're going to fall short. Because, again, I watched that Hawks game last night. By the time it was done, I was just at the point of, uh, there's just no way. Like There's, there's just no way. The, the, the only miraculous hope that you could possibly have would be if this bench, Conanton and Forbes and these guys, all just shoot unconscious for like two months straight and don't let up. If that happens, uh, maybe. Maybe you could get there. But but that's that's about the extent of it. And again, having to play defense and Connaughton in closing minutes of games. Good God. 414-799-1250. 414-799-1250. We've got Marcellius. We've got Kavika. You guys are on. hold. we'll get to you guys coming up next. Sparky's Midday Madness here on 1250 AM The Fan in Odyssey Station. Wendy's Big Show coming up tomorrow. You are not going to want to miss it. We'll play some uh, thoughts from Brian Kudenkunst, who's going to talk to the media this afternoon. Play that back for you. And we will also... Here from Tom Silverstein of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. He'll join us uh, in the first hour of the show. Plus, we'll talk with Ben Fennel from the NFL Network. Looking forward to talking to Ben and getting his thoughts as we've talked to him uh, each week here leading up to the draft over the last several weeks. We'll see who his risers are on his draft board as we close in on the draft coming up Thursday. And then, don't forget, coming up Thursday night, we are going to have... Uh, The draft show coming up on Thursday night from 7 to 11 with myself and Gary Ellerson, the former Packer and Badger running back. Definitely going to want to tune in for that one coming up on Thursday night. Asking you about the Milwaukee Bucks. And whether or not you think this is an NBA championship team. It is a team that's going to win the whole thing. And if you say yes, please tell me how they are going to make the run through the postseason and how this is going to work. If you say no, I want to know what you think gets in their way and what do you think stops them. 414-799-1250, 414-799-1250. Let's go to Marcellus. You're next on the Wendy's Big Show. What's up, man?
5: You, what's up,
0: Sparky? I enjoy you very much. I appreciate your knowledge of a variety of sports, which you uh, share with us. Thanks
2: for listening. I appreciate it.
0: I think that the Bucks are not going to win a championship, and the simple answer is coaching. I think coaching is our problem. I agree with you. What is Covington and DeVincenzo the out there at the same time? Also, last year we had Robin Lopez and Brooke Lopez. Robin is killing them in, I mean, Brook is killing them in Washington.
2: Robin is, yeah.
0: I'm sorry, Robin. Yep. Yes. And we need a low post president like that. We had it last year. We had that this year and good coaching. I would say the Bucks would beat the Lakers and Brooklyn. But coaching is the key. Same thing that cost the Packers the Super Bowl, coaching.
2: See, and that's just it, man. Thanks for the call. And that is so much of what I see. So much of what I see is everybody mad at Boonholzer. In the coaching staff. And that's that's going to be the issue at the end of the day. In fact, I just got a text from my buddy, Peanut Gallery, who I mentioned uh, earlier. We were, he was with me watching a uh, kid's soccer or a kid's baseball game. We had it on the uh, the phone. He texted me. He said, Bucks need a coach. They aren't going anywhere in the playoffs. Best case, they beat Philly, but they won't have anything left to face against Brooklyn in the next round. A lot of people mad at Boonholzer. But to be honest with you, I, I don't. I guess for me, what I what I would want to have answered from Holzer is, what's the deal with you and Patsy, man? Just you know, let's be straight. What what's the deal? Is Pat Connaughton a bad basketball player? No, a bad basketball player. Energy, high effort guy. Right, that's what he is. That's great. Right, that's the guy you want in there when you're down ten or twelve, trying to give some energy to your starters. Beautiful. That's the guy you want in there diving after loose balls and being that guy when you're in the, you know, late in the second or midway through the third quarter or whatever. Fine. Good. Every team needs those guys. Fine with it. But is he good enough to be in a closing situation at end of critical basketball games? And that wasn't a critical basketball game, but you know, darn right. Well, that's how this is going to play off in the postseason. I grant you, they didn't have Tucker last night. I don't. I really don't understand the the love affair, I guess, with him. And if DiVincenzo isn't hitting shots, I don't understand his role in all of this and w- what you need him for either. When he's hitting shots, he's valuable. Yes, when he's hitting shots in a game and he's got you know 15 points in the game, he's hit three or four threes, and you have him out there at the end of a game. Fine, I'll listen to that. I won't be mad, but when he's in a funk, no reason, none of, of Jordan Warren, him and Pat Connaughton. I'll take my chances with Jordan Warren hitting a shot right now over those other two any day of the week. And the reason he's not going to get that opportunity, I'm guessing is because he's a rookie. He's not a Simon sure they'll come up with some hogwash of why he can't be on the floor. you, They always do when it comes to rookies. They'll figure out some way for him not to play. But you need to have the guys on the floor that are producing in end-of-game situations. Producing. Are there exceptions? Sure. Yeah. Even if Giannis isn't playing well, he's on the floor at the end of the game. Drew Holiday may not be playing all that well. He's on the floor at the end of the game. Here's another one for you. Let's say Jeff Teague is having a great game. I'd rather have Drew Holiday out there and Jeff Teague out there than having to look at Connaughton or Defencenzo if they're not playing well. Kavika in Hawaii, listening to the Odyssey.com app. What's going on, Kavika?
0: Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Uh, you know, I'm always so pessimistic about the Bucks, but I think I'm a little more optimistic in the last week or so. Um, I think they've conceded, and they, they've they uh, figured out they're not going to win the Eastern Conference. I don't think that's their goal. It might have been before, like trying to catch Philly and – and the Mets, having said that, I think they can beat. I, I think it'll be no, just because the teams are weaker this year. Tyler Hero's not playing as well. I don't know what's going on with Boston. I see them, if they have to meet them in the first round, beating them. Uh, I think they can beat Philly, too. And I don't know if it's because I just saw them play. And, I mean, I know Ben Simmons wasn't playing, and he's, he, he's an all-star, probably all-pro, whatever all, whatever you call it. But, um, I think they can get by them too. Uh, I, I, you know, I never did think they're a championship team, but I mean, come on.
2: So you were uh, never at I, any point this year looking at the Bucks and going, "This team's going to win this thing." No,
0: so, I think they could beat the Nets if they if they if they're a player short, like if Harden doesn't come back. I you know I I don't know why when people play the Nets they don't beat up. Durant and play him, you know, harder because he's such a toothpick. You know, they're going to have to get a huge dose, and I think they will. Of Drew Holiday, come crunch time. Now that is playoffs, Kavika. I think he's going to be huge.
2: That is a Giannis. whole nother thing, Kavika. What you just touched on it, and it's something that that that's another thing, another trigger thing for me. Last night, dude, why didn't you just take the ball and go in the last four minutes of Holiday, Giannis, and Middleton? I just think Drew has to be more assertive. In end-of-game yeah. situations, yeah. he has to be more assertive.
0: Giannis, is in, in the playoffs, he's going to have to get his 30-35. Middleton is going to have to get his 25, I think. And then come down the stretch, I think Drew's going to take over. He just has that gene. As far as DiVincenzo, I agree with you. God, he's got to go. Especially if he's not hitting his shot. Forbes, like you said, he misses a couple. you got to sit him down. I don't know why. You're right. I thought that from the beginning of the year, whenever they get Nora, give him time. He's 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 a good player. But then again, he's not playing in crunch time. But you got to give the guy a shot. I think they'll be all right. You know, But I, I, I don't know what to say. I don't
2: all know. right. Thanks for the call, Kavika. I appreciate it. And thanks for listening in Hawaii uh, to the odyssey.com app. But uh, really do appreciate it. But see, that that's the, all of what he said. I think is all things that people are kind of looking at right now. My issue is, isn't whether or not you can beat Philly in a series. My issue is having to face Boston or Miami the series previous and getting beat up, especially if it's Miami, you're going to get beat up because they are a physical basketball team. So you're going to get beat up in that series. Then you're going to have to go deal with a team that is bigger with Simmons and Tobias Harris and Embiid and Dwight Howard, now you're going to get beat up even more because that's going to be a physical series. Then once you get through those two series, if you do get through those two series, now you're going to go dragging your butts against Brooklyn, who at that point, if they're the one seed, probably is going to be pretty well-rested and ready to roll. And you're going to be looking for oxygen, trying to figure out how you're going to get through that series. That's my issue, guys. That's that's where I struggle with this. I, I just... That that one seed, man, is way more important than we ever thought it was going to be. I fell victim to believing it. I led a lot of people astray in, in believing the same thing. But that's that's kind of what it is right now. Dante DiVincenzo. Let's look at his numbers, shall we? I, I brought him up. because I'm curious just to see what he, what Dante DiVincenzo has done. Dante DiVincenzo, in five games in December, averaged 14 points a game. Uh, game. February, 12 points a game, five and a half rebounds a game, three and a half assists. Pretty good. Then we get to March. Now he drops down to 10.9, up to seven and a half rebounds, 3.2 assists. And now here we are in April. He's averaging 8.9 points per game, six and a half rebounds, three and a half assists per game. Reached three times, three times. In the month of April at this point. He's been in single digits seven times, if I'm doing my math correctly. Seven. is one lone big game. His average wouldn't even be 8.9 had he not had the 22-point game against Dallas. So again, we'll see. But having him at the end of games, if he's not hitting shots, not helping you. Mike in Kenosha, you're next on Sparky's Midday Madness here on The Fan.
6: Hey Sparky, how many years did it take Michael Jordan to win a, a
2: championship? How many? Seven. Okay, so you're comparing Giannis to Michael Jordan? That's what we're going to do. We're we're going to compare well, those is, two. Is,
6: is, Gian, is Giannis an MVP?
2: He's won multiple MVPs. Exactly. So what, so, what's your point, Mike?
6: My point is, he's going to win M He's going to win a national or a, a title.
2: It's coming. Do you know what year this is? Do you know what year this is for him?
6: Yeah. What what year?
2: This is year eight.
6: Yeah, and how old is he?
2: Uh, He is 26.
6: 26. Mm -hmm. And Michael Jordan came out of college at 22.
2: Correct. So he was much older. He didn't get a chance to play in the NBA coming straight out at 18.
6: Exactly. Giannis is going to win an MVP if they put the people around him.
2: So do you think the people are around them currently? Yeah, I do. So you believe they'll win a championship this year? Yep. How do they if get by again? If he
6: doesn't win it this year, it'll be in the next two years. I guarantee it. The if next the, two years. The team
2: keeps them together. All right, good. All right, Mike, thanks. I like the optimism. Very good. Thanks for the call. And that's, again, I'm not going to sit here and yell at Mike because he thinks they're going to win a championship in the next two or three years. I'm not going to yell at him at all. They may win a championship in the next two or three years. All I'm saying is, right now with this team, with what we know Brooklyn has, what we know Philly has, what Miami has, Boston—I'm not sure—I mean, I'm Boston beating the Bucs, but knowing what these other teams have, and then what's waiting for you possibly in the NBA Finals—I mean, I, to me, it, it, this is this is tricky stuff right now for for this Bucks team. Let's look at something else. So you're going to get PJ Tucker back here. Hopefully he can stay healthy for the postseason because he's had a problem staying on the floor currently since the Bucs have gotten him. So how is he going to fit in? And then what? whose minutes is he really going to take at the end of the day? As far as, because you would assume, don't assume with Bootenholzer, but you would assume P.J. Tucker is on the floor in the end-of-game situations. That's my assumption. My assumption is he's on the floor because A, he's going to hit that corner three, and he's going to give you some defense when you're switching all over the place, he gives you that option. Now, I realize there are some people on Twitter that don't like P.J. Tucker and think it was the worst deal ever to bring P.J. Tucker in. I'm not one of those guys. Do I think P.J. Tucker is at peak level P.J. Tucker? No. But is P.J. Tucker better than what other options they have as far as being a part of the closing five at the end of games at this point? He's probably Probably. I mean, I think you have to look at this and say, Giannis, Middleton, Holiday, those three for sure are going to be out there. And then I think P.J. Tucker is probably a lock to be the fourth guy out there. Then after that, you figure out who your fifth guy is. That's how I would play it in the postseason. Uh, We'll see what Budenholzer and the Bucs do uh, coming up. Now, see, here we go. Now, this next guy on hold, I'm I'm just going to hold on. Don't go anywhere. Because I saw him tweeting last night during the game, and... What he's about to say on the air, I think, is the exact same thing he tweeted last night. He and I aren't going to agree on this. But we'll we'll get to Joel on the south side. Don't go anywhere, trust me. You'll want to hear me and Joel go back and forth on this one. That's coming up next on Sparky's Midday Madness. But first, let me tell you all about my friends over at Young Express. Have you ever thought about becoming your own boss? Now's the time, baby! Maybe it's time to join the Young Express team, live a stress-free lifestyle, put the windows down, turn up the radio to the fan, and drive, baby, drive, and get paid for it, too. Now, we're talking about becoming a successful transporter of expedited freight. What does that mean? That means you go from point A to point B, pick stuff up, drop stuff off. Then you call back to dispatch, which is 24-7, by the way, and they tell you where you're going next. Now, the reason why 24-7 dispatch is important is because when you're a transporter of expedited freight, if you are not moving you are not making money. If you're sitting in a town, wherever you may be, and there's nowhere for you to go and they got no work for you, Not making any money. You're sitting there and paying for that hotel or whatever the case may be. Not not making any money. You want a 24 seven dispatch team that will keep you moving. So you're making money. A young express. You can go over the road. One wing, drive local. In the next, you can mix it up local, regional, or over the road. Now, Minimal investment in your own vehicle, Young Express will provide you with all the training necessary for you to become a successful transporter of expedited freight. 99% no touch freight. That means the freight's loaded and offloaded for you. So all you have to do is drive. So if you're a small dude like me, you don't got to worry about this. Full time independent contractors is who they're looking for right now. Again, you work with Young Express. That's how this whole thing works when you're a successful transporter of expedited freight. Join them today. You can find them at youngexpress.com. That's j u n g express.com. Young Express. Success drives them. Welcome in. It is Sparky's Midday Madness just kind of blowing off some steam over the bucks today. That's that's kind of what we're doing. Blowing off some steam over the bucks. Didn't really get to blow off steam during the big show, so I'm blowing off steam in this hour. Uh, that they gave me. Sparky's midday madness, right? That's why we call it the madness, because I, I tend to be mad sometimes. Sometimes I'm, I'm going to let it go. And I really, to be honest with you, haven't been like this in a while. I mean, it, it goes back to uh, you know Bucks being bad since I've been kind of this frustrated and mad at what I'm seeing. It really has. Because it was a building process, right? You You go to the conference championship game, you lose. Okay, fine. Now next year, you come back and now we're going to build on it. Well, now there's a pandemic. Now there's a bubble and now we have uh you know everything going on social with social justice and stuff going up. And now we're not going to play and all this other stuff, right? So all of that, a lot of stuff that happened in 2020 with the NBA and the Bucks. So then it's, yeah, well, they lost to Miami. Yeah, let's just forget about it and get back to what we're going to do. Then it's, they have to make adjustments. Eric named of the athletic. You know, Bud's got to make some adjustments on offense as far as what he's doing here if they're going to be able to get farther in the playoffs. So, the regular season starts, and Bud pretty much says, hey, we're trying different stuff. You know, we're trying different stuff. You've seen them experiment with the zone defense. You've seen that occur. So, you can't, in my opinion, you can't knock Boone for not trying new stuff. He's not running his head into the wall and doing the same thing over and over and over again. He's trying new stuff. So I don't, for me, I don't think I look at Boone and go, well, he's 100% to blame of what's going on here. I, I don't think he's 100% to blame. Part of the blame goes on what you have on a surro- as a surrounding cast on this team. Right? You traded your entire future for Drew Holiday. That will be evaluated simply on how he plays in the postseason. That's it. If they lose close games in the postseason, and he's missing in action, and it's all Giannis and Middleton, I'm going to be critical. I'm telling you right now, before we even get to that point, I'm going to be critical. Because of those three guys, Holiday might be the best suited for those moments at the end of games. Middleton has had big shots at end of games. We know he can do it, right? But as far as dribbling the basketball and getting to the rim and Making the right pass and all that other stuff, that part of it can be sketchy at times with Middleton, right? Giannis, don't have as many of those moments at end of games with Giannis. Holiday, he can shoot from the outside, he can get to the rim, he can create for others, make the right pass. He's a smart basketball player. I want him to be more assertive in end of game situations. Has to happen. Last night was not one of those times. Joel, Southside, you're next on Sparky's Midday Madness. We talk about whether or not this uh, this Bucks team is actually an NBA championship caliber team this year or not. What's up, Joel?
4: What's going on, Spark? Um, yes, I think they are. Do I think they're the favorites? No.
2: Who's your favorite?
4: Um, honestly, if health is assumed, I would say the Lakers. Now they got a gel with you know LeBron and AD coming back. But if health is assumed, I would go LA. Are if health eat? is
2: assumed, do you think they beat a healthy Nets team? Yes. Now out of the East, Nets
4: this year I don't trust because they haven't had the time. The Lakers were there last year. Right? True. So they had that. They're building off that. Nets are still new. They haven't played together. They've been injured. They've been resting. Whatever the case, their defense is a problem in, in New Jersey. So uh, in Brooklyn. So I don't trust them. So in the in the East, and call me a homer, I actually do like the Bucks because I think their defense, what I've seen this year, with Bud trying to evolve and you know, kudos to Bud, I like it. And like people who don't like PJ Tucker they don't know what they're seeing because you can go small with Giannis at the five, PJ at the four, Middleton three, you know, Drew and maybe Dante or whomever, the other one, you mentioned that, but last night's game is like the problem with Bucks fans. We like to overreact last night. The Hawks got lucky with eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. They go eight for eight from three. You can't block three point shots. You can contest and not all of them were. But even they that, were
2: definitely not all contested. I'm glad you admitted to that. Go ahead.
4: Right. And, of course, a non-contested three is a higher percentage shot. I get that. But it's still not guaranteed. So, to make all eight, they just went hot. It, that many made threes without a miss like hasn't happened.
2: And there is no won't. reason. Let's, let me just interrupt you. I'll let you finish. There is no reason why, after, all, oh, I don't know, the first quarter of the game against Bogdanovich, why anybody would ever leave his side again. Like, there's just no way. Nobody, that's, I don't care what your defense is. I don't care what you want to call it, but nobody is leaving that dude's side going forward. Like, he's not going to beat me. There was no Trey Young. The one guy that you knew wanted to have a big game against this team on that team was Bogdanovich and was going to do everything in his power. Herter was killing you regardless. Fine. If he beats me, I'll deal with it. But I'm not letting Bogdanovich beat me. And he was a good part of the reason why they lost that game. He had that, and I haven't even gotten to Lou Williams. Lou Williams by himself. Hold on, let me let me bring this up here. I, I I got some good information on this Lou Williams thing. This Lou Williams thing. Here we go. Uh, this is from Rob Perez, World Wide Wob on Twitter last night. Lou Williams just caught one of the sickest heaters of the season, coming out of the nine-minute TV timeout in the fourth. Here is every Hawk scoring play until the final moments of the game. Lou assists to Bogdanovich for three. Lou for three. Lou for three. Lou assists to Bogdanovich for for three. Lou free throws. Lou for three. Lou assists to Bogdanovich for three. Lou made two-point basket. Collins free throw. Lou assists to Bogdanovich for three. Lou for three. That was in order every play all the way down. At some point, don't you think they could have maybe slowed him down and not let him take control of the game? He's like 100 (laughs) <laughs> Lou Williams Come on. is good. He's done nothing and the whole game. You can't even say he did, Joel. He was a non-factor the whole game until it counted.
4: If you would have just seen the fourth quarter, you'd be like, this guy's a first ballot Hall of Famer. No question. No because question. He went off, And, Sparky, I totally agree. Like, And the Bucks had the luxury. If you get a guy that's a wing, a point guard, whatever, put Drew Holiday on him because he's a shutdown. And I think in the fourth when Lou got off, it wasn't until late – that all of a sudden you saw a Drew on him. But this Bucks team with what they can do defensively, it's a lot different from last year. Teams last year knew, okay, this is what the Bucks are going to do. We know where our shots are going to come from. Yep. This year they're more diverse. You got Drew the point of attack. Giannis, it's way overstated that he can't close. He can close defensively. Holiday can hit shots. Middleton can hit shots when it counts. And so I think the Bucks are looking good. And I like them to get out of the East. Will they beat the Lakers? We'll see.
2: Well, we'll find out. Joe, thanks for the call. He's the most optimistic Bucks fan you're gonna come across. Now, now I appreciate that about Joe because he's consistent. Th- this is the thing. When I say close, check that. When anybody says close, they don't talk about defensively closing a game, man. Joe? They talk about scoring the basketball, winning the game at the end. Yes. Can Giannis get a big block shot at the end or get a big defensive stop to help you at the end? Absolutely. But we're talking about end-of-game situations. Last couple of minutes, who's going to hit those shots? Now, last night, Giannis was hitting shots from all over the floor. He looked really good offensively, right? Is he going to be that consistent in the postseason? Don't know. Maybe he is. If he is, that's going to be a big headache for opposing teams. I want to throw that wall at him because he really is starting to come along. Not only the free throws, which he's been improved for the last month and a half or so, that's really taken to a different level, shooting like 75, 76%. So that, it appears he's kind of fixed that with his rhythm, you know, take so many dribbles before you take a free throw attempt. But now, you know, if he's able to just kind of hit a couple of threes a game, and I don't want him taking six or seven, but if he can hit a couple of threes a game, Great. If he can hit a turnaround jumper uh, from the corner, great. If he can pull up and hit a 15 to 18 footer, great. That's all good. But at the end of the day, like he said, Joel said, Drew Holiday has to be more of a factor in end of game situations. Just does. And I, if that's Bootenholzer having to have that conversation with them, so be it. If that's Middleton and Giannis having to go to Drew and go, you got to be that guy, fine. If that's true going to them and going, let me be more of a, a factor in these end of game situations. I can help you guys. Fine. But the conversation has to occur at some point amongst these guys. Like it has to. That that whole thing last night, I think might have been able to be averted. Maybe Having Connaughton and DiVincenzo out there didn't help matters. That's for darn sure. I know that much. All right, coming up next, Rami Makloff is standing in here. We'll find out what's coming up at 3 o'clock on the Rami Show. That's straight ahead. Uh, on Sparky's Midday Madness here on 1250 AM The Fan in Odyssey.com Sports Station. Brewers and Marlins coming up tonight. Game one of that three-game set. Don't forget after the last pitch to we'll make that switch to the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin post game show driven by Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. The franchise, Tim Allen, back with you coming up tonight. Of course, we have our big draft show coming up Thursday night from 7-11 to with Gary Ellerson uh, and myself. Looking forward to that, too. Uh, lots and lots of draft talk rest of the week on the fan, and one person that I'm sure will be all over draft talk uh, will be Rami Makloff of the Rami Show coming up from 3 till 6 this afternoon. Rami Makloff, how you doing, buddy? Good. How are you? Uh, I'm fine. I can't hear
3: myself. Is that my headphones or is that my microphone? There know. we go. I got you. There I now. am. All right. There we go.
2: Okay. All right. So do you tell me, Rami Makloff, is this Bucks team a championship caliber team? Can they win it this year? Is that the question? Can they win the championship this season in 2021? Yeah, that's what I'm asking you. That means he's going to say no, folks. If they don't get the one seed, I don't Uh, think it's possible. Agreed. If they get the one seed, I'll I'll reconsider and have this conversation again. But with that three, I'm going to go through Miami or Boston, then Philly, then Brooklyn, then the Lakers. No way. I try not to be – I try not to ride,
3: like, an emotional roller coaster. That's my life. You know that about me. I try, I try not to when but it comes I do. to sports, ride an emotional You're roller right. coaster. Yeah. Like, Like, dude, I swear every week Stephen A. Smith – Changes whether or not the Brooklyn Nets are the team to beat in the Eastern Conference and are going to win a championship. But it's, remember,
2: but remember, he's a Knicks guy. I know, he, so no, I know, I know. Every fiber of his being doesn't want them to. Be. I
3: love it. It's hilarious. I, yes. I, I actually, have I've grown to like Stephen, Day and I'm a fan. But it's, it's funny how he just swings yep. back and forth on, 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 not just that, but on a lot of. Th- and I try not, I try not to be that dude, but. I went from kind of giving up on them getting the one seed. I thought it was really important that they got it. And then I just kind of gave up when they were sitting guys and, mm-hmm. and managing and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Then they went two in a row against Philly. And I'm like, up oh, here we go. Hope is revived. Maybe they do get this one seed. And that's the path to a championship. And then I just don't. How do you let what happened last night happen?
2: How? How,
3: the whole how are you game. not riding? And I know it's a back to back, Sparky, and I'm going to get into some of
2: this in
3: the show. At They're going to win the next
2: three, though. Hornets, Bulls, Rockets. They're going to win the next three, and then it's Brooklyn for two. They had no business losing to the Hawks. And I, I know understand. that's not a bad basketball team, but with no
3: Trey Young, yep. And and I and I know it's a ba- it, it was the back half of a back and back, but. You blew out the Sixers. You blew out the Sixers practice squad the day before mm-hmm. with no Embiid and no Simmons. You were able to sit your guys for about half that game. I'm telling you something.
2: Maybe I'm wrong about this, but you know what else I think? All the stars lined I, up for a Bucks win yesterday. I didn't bring and, this up, but you know what else I'm, I'm a little bit concerned about? If they end up in a physical series, are they going to be able to handle it? Because that game last night was physical. Physical. The whole game. Yeah. And by the end of the game, the Hawks were the team still fighting, and the other team was like, oh no. I'm I'm just I'm a little bit concerned about that too. If this ends up because Miami, physical team, Miami took, care, physical, but- took care of the Bucks in the playoffs, that Toronto series with Alan Soonis and those guys, that was a physical series. Down went the Bucks. I just wonder whether or not this team can win a series when it's a physical series where every night you got bruises and bumps and everything else. Is this team able to stand up? And again, it goes to Miami and then Philly. Philly with Embiid and Simmons and Tobias Harris and Dwight Howard, that's going to be physical. After you play, say Miami with Bam and Butler and those guys, and then Brooklyn won't be physical. But you're gonna have to pick yourself up off the mat after two long series and get yourself enough oxygen to keep on going. I, it's just
3: Miami. Not. Miami is a physical basketball team, but I just think that the Bucks are. I don't. I don't think physicality can make up for the margin. Between the Bucks and the Heat, and oh, I, know the Heat just, I know the Heat just beat the Bucks in a playoff series last year, but I think the bubble played a huge factor in that, and you didn't have Drew Holiday That's on true. that Bucks basketball team. So I just think that the Bucks are a much better team than the Heat, and I don't think physicality is going is will will make up for that difference. At Philly, they're a very good defensive team, but as far as like like nasty, phys, like intimidating physicality, I think Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons are to some degree. Fake tough guys. I would agree with that, and I, I don't. Th- I don't think that they're going to come in and intimidate Giannis and Andrew Holiday and the Bucks. I, I don't. I don't think they have the type of physicality to do that. And I, and I know Brooklyn. That doesn't. Brooklyn. Does. No, absolutely not.
2: No, that Brooklyn, Brooklyn doesn't. doesn't. I mean,
3: so what, what's coming up on today's Rhyming show? I'm going to vent more about the Bucks right oh. after we uh, switch over here at, at three o'clock. We're going to carry uh, Brian Gutekunst's press conference here in draft oh. week. Live at 3 o'clock. That'll be followed by Eric Eager, one of my favorite people to talk football with from Pro Football Focus. He'll be here at 345. I have a confession to make, Steve Sparky Pfeiffer, at 4 o'clock. Sports confession. Mm. 4 o'clock. Um, and I think you will take particular interest in this <laughs> sports confession. It's Joy? It's something you and I have debated for a long time. And oh. I might be kind of wrong. Oh, maybe really four o'clock. I don't know what this is, but I'm interested now. Four o'clock. Four o'clock. Rami's first right. confession oh. and a half hour block uh, right. of Tim Allen. Some Brewers talk and draft mockery 4 30 to five. What is it today? I don't know. Tim, when Tim is here, when he decides to show up, he picks the, the subject for draft mockery.
2: He it's your show. He's not on the show
3: anymore. He's the Commissioner of draft mockery.
2: He's the commissioner, He's the commissioner of, of draft, draft mockery. <laughs> Didn't know there was a thing. <laughs> yeah. Commissioner. Yeah. Oh, yeah, nice. <laughs> all right, then. Uh, all right, so there you go. Robbie McAloffe, Robbie Show, coming up next here on 1250 a.m. The Fan. Talk to you at 10 tomorrow. We'll recap what Goody had to say coming up here this afternoon, and we'll talk with Tom Silverstein in the first hour of the show. That's all at 10 when he's big show on 1250 a.m. The Fan.
3: Toodles! This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what?